The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will from the Remembrancer's Retreat. With me today is my co-host, Jared. How's it going? And we have a special guest in the virtual studio today, folks. This is <laughs> James from Siege Studios. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we are excited to have you on. Now, if you don't know James or, or Siege Studios, I don't know how that's possible in you being the hobby because... Uh, let's see. I, I did a quick little look at you guys. A hundred and fifty-two thousand followers. So it's just it's it's just a number, honestly. Yeah, it is just don't let it go to your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh you and your team paint exquisite models. Um Thank you very so much. I would like to get into now, okay, let's back up. We did ask our get or our uh listeners for mm -hmm. Um, questions, and we will get to those questions. However, uh, I just kind of want to go to your backstory, I guess. Um, how did Siege Studios become Siege Studios? Uh, a lot of hard work, many hours, yeah. and um, uh, it started in uh, was a, like a long story, but it it, it started uh, ten, 10 years ago or so. So it started mm -hmm. like 10, year, 10 years ago. Um, uh, I I've been in the industry. I've been in painting miniatures since I was since I was six years old. So, um, so yeah, I start. I started sort of painting miniatures when I was when I was. Uh, uh, I started on airfix kits, like model aircraft. When I was oh six, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, got into got into got into, got into it from uh, from sort of very young age. My grandfather got me into it. There you go. And yeah. and um, and basically got into 40k at nine uh, my grandparents bought me a bag of like space marines from a, like a charity shop basically um, <laughs> okay and um uh, and never looked back essentially yeah. so that's that's essentially what happened um but siege started uh after uh, everyone has like a big break from the hobby which i did as well uh, but mm -hmm. i was like heavily heavily involved in kind of like music and bands and things um so what happened was uh, that all kind of fell to pieces. I came back home and I went into my attic and found all my Warhammer from a kid, um, and uh, and then essentially uh, started painting miniatures, doing some videos and things on YouTube. Got approached by a couple of people asking me to sort of paint models for them, and that's kind of how it started in the very infancy of it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't set up uh, like Siege as a company then. Then it kind of came around about sort of two, 2013, 2014. And so before um, that, you were just doing commissions on your own as an individual. Yeah, just 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 as me, um, just okay. as me, um, and and uh, like through through YouTube and stuff. And then I I worked in recruitment as a recruitment consultant for about eleven years or so um, while I had the gap from Warhammer, and um, uh, uh, I, that was a very professional industry. And and I just wanted to basically do something super professional, but within miniature painting. Uh, and there wasn't really anything like that about at the time. Um, there was maybe a couple of individuals and things like that and that's kind of how it started but um siege wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for matt and dave from mini wargaming they they gave us uh, or me back in the day uh, a very huge like rocket booster of a, of a of a push um 
from from basically uh, their painter partner program. Oh, so they right. done like yeah. a they done like a they done like a painter partner program whereby um whereby um essentially they would give you some kind of advertising on their YouTube for uh, obviously getting miniatures painted. Um I I painted a load of marines for their Sentinels of the Forge chapter which is their green and yellow custom chapter. Okay. Um and uh I I thought nothing of it. I painted the models that they sent me um and then thought nothing of it really and then I think it was about five or six weeks later um i got like a uh my, my email went absolutely mental and like absolutely crazy because they'd done a video and put my email address or the the, the cg email address in the description of the video and back then in those days around about sort of nine eight years ago something like that, maybe a bit longer i think it's about 10 years they they like they're like the og youtube channel where they're walking about with like handheld cameras recording stuff oh yeah so there's no yeah there's, there's no there's no like 4k or anything like that back then mm-hmm. um and and yeah we, i woke up one one sunday morning with like like 1500 emails of people asking like good lord uh, yeah <laughs> well, they had like they had like 200 to over 200,000 subscribers back in the day at that point and, and they did and, yeah. Uh, yeah and it was just it was crazy so just a super super huge boost for for siege in in, in those days and, and I, I quite frankly didn't know what to do with all that work at the time so in my sort of circle of friends from the sort of like my painting sort of circles um i was more into sort of like competition painting and things uh then i still am now but um obviously i'm, I'm not not as much into it just purely because of how busy i am with siege but um i managed to get a few of my friends from that circle kind of involved with the business to start off with at the very early the beginning of it and it's kind of gone from strength to strength to strength to strength from, from there so 10 years on from that point we're we're now obviously a team of over 70 painters um there's nearly 10 office staff in the office um and yeah we, we paint models like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of models a year for clients all over the world so, good lord um, it's, so yeah it's kind of gone kind of got mad, a bit mad <laughs> it's quite a feat okay so yeah um how how much do you still find yourself down in the trenches i came off the tools probably about probably about three or four years ago um okay. I, I do the odd occasional thing that we get uh in or i've got one or two clients which even from the beginning of the business even now i still do the odd thing for mm-hmm. um but really my, my role is obviously just growing the business pushing the business and, and building it you know and, and obviously managing all the team and everyone that's in the in the office um so my role has changed uh, quite a lot over the last 10 years i found it quite hard to to step away and take my hand off the tool so to speak mm-hmm. but, um but uh it, it is part of a business growing you know you can't as much as i'd love to do everything i can't you know it's physically oh impossible. yeah absolutely so, yeah so, so yeah. um that's that's fantastic that really is it's it's something else to just come from commission painting by yourself as a as a hobby to owning a business by it you know i mean that's yeah fantastic yeah yeah sorry about the background noise oh no no it's totally fine man um so actually jared do you have anything or do can we jump right into these questions Let, let's go into the questions because I'll, I'll i'll have some stuff all right all right so uh james ben uh ask what is the top three techniques to improve consistency and speed up painting process uh, that's a really good question, Ben. Um, I would I would definitely say uh, practicing and making sure that your uh, your brush control is brush. Don't don't get 
don't get pigeonholed into thinking that, uh, that there are certain tools are good for for, for, for everything because they're not like brushes do certain part of the process an airbrush will do certain part of the process um, but but on the technical side um, learning to, to base coat base base coat paint and base coat uh, base coat sort of uh, uh, paint smoothly with a paintbrush is really important it's a skill that you should master and develop as, as a painter um, I would also say that uh, you know understanding that all paints have different personalities it's actually an understanding and knowledge that um, just because uh, a certain paint is not is not good at the thing that you're thing that you're uh, using it for it also has virtues in other purposes for example some paints are quite thin in their opacity and their coverage they might not be good for blocking in that color on a miniature but they're quite good for for glazing a miniature if that makes sense oh so, yeah absolutely so that's something to, to bear in mind um the other thing i would say as well is like um it's not so much a technical thing it's more of a mindset thing which we try and train and teach at, at siege quite a lot which is that like um you should you should understand that um that your your comfort zone of what you paint and how you paint as a miniature painter um is, is also your enemy so if you've painted i don't know blood, blood blood angels for a long time or whatever the case may be then um then you're you're always gonna you're always going to be, be accustomed to, to painting those specific colors or things mm -hmm. so i would i would i would definitely say to you that painting things that you notably don't always paint or that are outside your comfort zone is something that i would advocate to you as a painter you know you should pick something up that maybe you've never painted before and try and paint that model as smoothly and as best as you physically can or you should try and go you know what i've never painted like uh, a green miniature or a salamander before or something mm -hmm. like that and, and 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 try and paint that model because it the the process of, of painting that will give you uh, an experience of using that color and using that specific material if that makes sense absolutely i i think that's an excellent way to live by um you find yourself and and not just in the hobby right but stagnation kills always um yeah in the hobby and business and life i mean we always got to keep improving and i think you're absolutely right the best way to improve as a painter is to challenge yourself and push yourself out of the comfort zone um 100 yeah I've, I've definitely found myself leaning into the comfort zone, for example, with my Mechanicum, but they're like a core mm -hmm. army. I still like to branch off and paint the occasional kill team or Titans or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's excellent advice. So thank you very much for that. No, that's okay. I hope that helps you, Ben. Um, Wake asks, how do you select which commissions to take and what to pass on? That's a very interesting one. Um, we try, we try our, we absolute hardest not to pass on projects. We always try and obviously facilitate things for clients uh, or for people inquiring with us. Um, I think one of the things that we, as a company, that we we have to sort of like honour and maintain that that we do is is um, just respecting sort of like uh, intellectual property and things like that. Like um, it's a very difficult sort of position to be in um, and, and a privileged position to be in that we're in, but. Um, we obviously uh, we work with certain companies in the industry and uh, there are certain things that that maybe uh, infringe or that you know maybe aren't as um, aren't as uh, okay to paint for us if that makes sense so yeah we we're all we picking up what you're putting down yeah, yeah let's we, not we, say it but we're all we all know what you're <laughs> talking about we, we we obviously you know um we will happily paint anything but there are things that unfortunately you know um we, we we can't paint or we can't work on for for many reasons um so we we always would would try and facilitate and we'll always try and um try and paint stuff for for people however um 
we just have to be respectful. I think it's a, as a professional business, like maintaining integrity and maintaining professionalism is something which which I would always recommend to anybody, if, even if you're doing it as yourself, as a one-man person, or if you're doing it as a few people together, or if you're doing it as a company, um, maintaining professionalism and, and respect for, for other companies in the industry is, is really, really important, I think. you know. Oh, so, sure. I mean, you definitely don't want to bite the hand that feeds, right? 100%, I mean, if- yeah. Yeah. There's a company who is sponsoring you to market their miniatures or something like that. You definitely don't want to go back behind and be like, well, you can do this way instead, you know? Yeah. yeah Nefarious exactly. means, no. Yeah, um, no, exactly. So I, I know personally I have had to pass on commissions in the past. I, I did commissions for about two years locally, mm-hmm. um, mostly terrain and that kind of stuff because I had oh, an awesome. airbrush and nobody else really did at the time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there were big pieces of terrain. I had a guy at Nova uh, ask if I could paint. Do you remember that old Forge World gate wall castle thing that they had? I think it was like hundreds of pounds. I I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly how much it was. He had two of them and he asked if I could paint them. And Mm -hmm. I had to reject it just because of the physical limitations. I mean, my hobby desk, my man, is right back there. It's (laughs) it's a two foot by two foot square. You know what I mean? Seriously, Will? That's turned it. Turned him down. I had to. I did not have space at the time. We could have yeah. stolen that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> we could have stolen that yeah. <laughs> and left him in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. Okay. You've disappointed me. I'm so I'm sorry. Heartbroken. Jared is a huge battlefield terrain enthusiast. Mm. He mm. he has been working on a Siege of Terra board since before the pandemic. Um, oh wow! Awesome. Yeah. He we had planned for a Siege of Terra event. <laughs> That uh, month that the quarantine started, March of yeah. 2020. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was a very. It's been. It feels like uh, it's so to go on a tangent, but it feels like it's been a lot longer than it. I know. It has that was those, ten those, years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it feels like that. Yeah, yeah. it does. It's and and right. I feel like uh, pre-pandemic is being used as a uh, a b or what is it like b c or a d <laughs> now. So soon you're just gonna yeah. have pre-pandemic <laughs> zero one. It's gonna be the yeah. year, right? Yeah, that's um, exactly it. Uh, okay, so what has been this? This is one that comes from a, a few different people. So we'll get mm-hmm. this one out of the way now. And I, I know nobody likes to in public give favorites out. Okay, yeah. but everybody has a favorite of everything, right? Yeah. So course, what yeah. has been your favorite commission that you yourself have done? Right. Oh, wow. That's going to be a long, long, long time ago. Um, I, w- I think probably in the early days, um, I would probably say, uh, for me, it would be when we first started working with Lawrence and the guys over at Tabletop Tactics. So um, I still painted on the tools back then. Um, mm-hmm. And it was before Primaris were even out. Um, we 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 paint. Oh, I, I painted a load of ultramarines. So it was like a whole entire ultramarine uh, drop pod assault army. Loads of assault. Oh, uh, assault, wow. Loads of assault marines with no jump packs. Um, oh right, right. Because uh, they could do that pods. in 40k. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, drop pods. Um, uh, it's when they had those horrendous. Um, uh, they they were basically they're almost like pre-populated force organizations where you take like a, it's a detachment or something. Oh like that. yes, yeah. yes. When they introduced their Dakirian detachments, right? Well, yeah, there was that. Uh, do, do you remember? Do, do you remember something called 
Skyhammer Annihilation. Do you remember Skyhammer Annihilation? Oh, yes. God, yeah. that one yeah. was... Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Those were insane. So, so you basically, you could, yeah. you, could, you, could, you could come down in drop pods and uh, you could uh, charge with the assault marines out of the drop pods uh, straight into combat and the devastators could fire without snap firing. Yeah. Uh, and hit on normal ballistic skill. It was crazy. That, that was ridiculous. the end of. I think that was the end of seventh edition, right? Where they were just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, off yeah. the rails. They were just like, you yeah. know what? Let's make this game as wacky, destructive as possible. Let's just it, speak, it was... make people take models off the table as fast as Screw they can. Screw your friendships. We're just yeah. yeah it, was, it was. So so we basically done an ultramarine. Well, I basically done like an ultramarine, an ultramarine force that was for that was Skyhammer Annihilation and. Um, it had nine drop pods in it. It's horrendous. Like it was as in like broken as anything. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Now uh, I can't remember. Were the drop pods free or was that the, the other yeah, one? If you won the Demi yeah, or if you did the Demi company I, one. I think, I think they were free. Oh man, <laughs> so, that was even because the yeah, Demi geez. company one, you got like all the free rhinos too. You got which was free, tra free transports, free. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah, was it no, Mechanicum was... got free weapon upgrades across yes, their yeah, entire yeah. army? Yes, they yeah. did. Oh so my you, gosh! You, you used to get crazy, crazy like the, like the crazy detachments, or I can't, remember, I can't remember what they were called, but they were like um, I don't know if it was detachment, but they were called they were called a specific specific thing, uh, and each each army had one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but um. But yeah, no, that's so why I painted a load of Ultramarines, which was really fun to do. Um, and I, we done them in. Oh, I keep saying we because obviously that's what we are now. But sure, you know, sure. I, I done them. In, I done them in a, like a really bright, um, really bright second edition style, but not with yellow, oh, yes. with gold. So yeah, really, really bright, uh, bright blue, really vibrant, um, which is kind of what I really love. Um, but um, yeah, so that was a really fun project, and that was the last. That was the last big project I think that I done for siege like ever like, that's, uh, that that's a pretty had, good we, one to go yeah. off of, yeah. to go out yeah, of yeah you know? yeah it was quite, did they have green bases on the no oh yeah no, right no, if no. you're going like rogue yeah. trader style you give them the goblin green bases <laughs> yeah lawrence wasn't that og i did i did tell oh, okay. the idea, but yeah 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 very good that's excellent um let's go faux hammer is there a specific model or faction that you haven't painted uh that you want to if this, uh, I know Ross really well, so yeah. Um, so uh, Ross from Fohammer, it's a really good question. Um, if you mean as a business, then no, I don't think so. I'd probably say, mate, not for 40k, definitely not. But for Age of Sigma, probably Ideneth uh, Deepkin or. Yeah, Ideneth Deepkin or probably um, Daughters of Cain. Actually, no, we've done a Daughters of Cain army. There's there's been hundreds and hundreds of projects over the ten years of Siege. Oh, so, for sure. You have, to, you, you have to forgive me, but I think I don't think we've ever done an Ideneth Deepkin army for Age of Sigma. So okay. So yeah, I what, think, what but, about for you personally? Me personally, um, I haven't painted a Necron uh, as a commission. So yeah, which is quite surprising, but. Um, yeah, they're quite a very popular race, but uh, or faction. Yeah. But yeah, I've never, I never, I've never painted one. So, so, so yeah. let's side on that. Um, were you to be given a commission to paint Necrons with complete artist freedom? Mm -hmm. Kind of what style would you think you would want to go with? I've always thought that Necrons are a funny one. I, I totally understand the living metal um, thing for the armor, and obviously painting them silver is is a no brainer, obviously because they look great in silver as metallic uh, robots, but. Um, I would be really keen to do something that's like a 50-50 ceramic metal so that you've got Ooh. like some some parts of the model are metal but then some of the parts of the of the armor or exoskeleton are like 
almost like a very pale kind of ivory or cream right. color. Sort so of like a like uh, living construct kind of thing, right? Yeah, so they've got like a, like a ceramic is, ceramic yeah. kind of feel to them, if that makes sense. So that's, that's I, kind of- I love that yeah. aesthetic, right? Where it, it's like a pseudo art with mixed with with a war machine kind of thing, right? Or like, like a it. like a fantasy construct kind of thing. I don't know. It, yeah. It's it's a theme and atmosphere. Uh, we have a guy locally who uh, sculpts his own three D miniatures and prints them out. Oh, wow, awesome! Um, and he does uh, a lot of counts as armies, right? So his Mechanicum are sort of in that style where they are very regal. They look like they're made of stone rather than metal. So mm -hmm. I think that's a very cool style. And I think for Necrons, I would absolutely, does the kids say slay, man? It would just slay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maddie, uh, when you get a custom character commission, what game do you... Oh, grip it and rip it, baby. There we go. We're recording. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, when you get a custom character, what are you uh, or the team most excited to see? Uh, 40K, 30K, Age of Sigmar. Like, where do you guys really get to shine on your green stuff abilities and making custom characters? Because I, um, I, I, I think you have every character I've ever seen you guys do that is a custom character is amazing right so thank you very much yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's that that is like the, the 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 top end thing that we do um and and they're they're like one off one off bespoke characters mm -hmm. they come with like a certificate of authenticity from the business so you get like a you get a certificate signed by the sculptor the painter and also the company that is one amazing um, i love so that it's, it's it's almost like a real life nft that's the way you gotta look at it yeah um, man yeah, like, that's um, you know. because i mean that artist really quite literally may never be able to make that sculpt again well, yeah, i mean we, it we, might we, be a slight way off in some way they might be able to replicate it close but i don't think they'd ever be able to replicate it entirely right we we basically uh, will never ever recreate the same model so if we make so let's wow. just take for example i'm going to mention it because obviously it gives me an opportunity to drop it in but when i had when we launched custom service um i had uh commander dante so dante i had a primaris version made of him um, and this is before the recent leak, obviously, this was like two years ago. Right, um, yeah. But um, essentially, once we've made one in a specific pose or uh, way of it being done, we will never, ever recreate that model for anyone else ever again. So if someone asks us for another Commander Dante or someone asks us for another Tiberus Red Wake or whatever the case may be, um, we'll always look at the history of all the models we've made and then we'll make sure that the new one that we do is a completely different pose or has a different... Wow. It has has enough to it that's different that makes all pre predecessors not have any not have any issues at all whatsoever if that makes sense that's yeah awesome. absolutely i mean it, it's great. quite literally making custom characters custom completely yeah because yeah. oh, um, I'm, I'm looking at that dante right now yeah 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 whoa yeah, that's <laughs> he a, is something man that's legit. thank you um, yeah also geez that blood angel dreadnought there good gravy that that one is wild. Yeah, um, um, I think I think to answer the, the question for you, I think one of the things that we we absolutely really really love a lot is that um, is that uh, um, 
is, is, is seeing the transformation from gray and green to a painted miniature. I think that's one of our favorite things is literally just, is just seeing that, that, that sort of transformation, um, you know, to, to, from, from one to the other, basically, that's what we, what we, we really, really like, um, right. you know, is that, is that transformation. And I two, think two, I've two. even seen that trending. I think you guys have done a video like that on Instagram where it's on a lazy Susan yeah. in gray plastic. And as it spins, yeah. it snaps to, and man, it is painted. Yeah. And it is, so, I don't know what about that, man, but it hits all the right spots as far as like fast content entertainment. It is so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think that's one of the fun things because we, we obviously see we, custom service is the only part of us that have, has like two team members, more than one team member working on the on the thing. So we obviously have one of the custom service team that sculpts and, and creates obviously the pose and the conversion, etc. Um, we then obviously have one of the painting team who handles the model once it's been created and paints it. So you know um seeing it pass from one team member or created by one team member and and see their their artistic creation and, and their their sort of the way they take the specification and then create the model to then see how once the canvas is created to then see what the the painting team member then does with the project it's also it's it's a really interesting and fun part of the process um we've not really done any age, age of sigma custom service models we've done loads of 40k and a couple of 30k ones um but um but yeah doing doing something a bit different um like, like doing say for example like a crazy demon prince or something like that is always fun yeah. you know like so they're, they're some of the fun ones to do basically so uh to follow up on the two teams right i mean yes you're gonna have sculptors and you're gonna have painters uh do the two teams i i'm i'm sure you guys talk between each other because the sculptor might mm -hmm. think well i i'm envisioning this to be a gold piece where the painter's saying, no, I think it'll look better in this color. Is is that ever like an issue? The um, CS and, and the, the member of the painting team, they don't really have too much, uh, too much kind of like, uh, they, they each get a respective part of the process that they need to execute. So um, the, the painting, I mean, we do everything by specification in advance. So everything is 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 by spec in advance okay, of, gotcha. um, of, of it being actioned. Um, and uh and yeah like uh essentially um essentially yeah y y everything will be decided upon pre pre start basically excellent so, so yeah so yeah um man that sounds like an excellent service that i'm happy you dropped that that is really cool um, thank you very much yeah uh andrew asks one painting trick that they would be okay to share now <clears throat> You know, commission painters seem to be wizards at churning out dudes real quick. So are there any suggestions on how a layman can churn out models faster? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the things that I would definitely be an advocate of is, is something is a process or is a named process that we have internally in the company, which is called a, uh, is called a, a color set system. So what I mean by that is... Um, if you're if you're um, uh, if you're painting ten models, for example, you you do the same process across all, all of the miniatures. So essentially, you would do you would do the building, the cleaning, the the base the, the basing of the miniature, like getting the sand or the basing material on, etc., um, un undercoating them all, and then we would put the majority color. So if it's blood angels, it's red. If it's ultramarines, it's blue. If it's salamanders, it's green. It's so on and so forth. Um, Essentially, we would do that, and uh, and then what would what we would then do basically is uh, is 
to pick the next majority color. So the reason why we do the reason why we do that is because uh, is because essentially you're always going to be reducing the amount of work on the miniature as you decrease in the requirement of paint. So right. we would go okay. we would go we would go red as the majority color, then black, then we would go probably do silver, then we probably do gold, then we do obviously lenses green or lenses red or, or if, by decreasing the requirement of paint on the miniature as we progress through the miniature you number one you increase consistency from model to model but number two what you do is you uh, is you're actually the, the models come, come to life a lot quicker and a lot sooner because you are pr pr producing it in a way that's a fit that's efficient if that makes sense yeah absolutely um, it, it is it's not so much about being um speed is also important obviously don't get me wrong especially in our game however we will never ever sacrifice quality over speed so it's about maximizing efficiency of application rather than maximizing the speed that it takes because right. speed will come with with repetition repetition is the mother of success so the 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 the, the more efficient you are at applying color the, the quicker it's going to take you and the virtues of it are that it's more consistent what you execute when you paint those models yeah, that's excellent. And the whole um, not sacrificing quality for speed thing is a big one. I know a lot yeah. of us, um, the, the the regular 30K players, we tend to panic paint. Uh, and it's a big thing in the community that you wait until there's an event and yeah. then you start booking painting it and in, painting, painting guys in, like... Paint painting in the hotel the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right? And you're like, I got to get these on the table. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely I've done it where I've sacrificed quality and then was able to play with the model. But then afterwards, I'm like this, ugh, I got to strip it or at least add more details to it or something, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I totally, I totally, I, I totally hear you on that one. Right. Um, and as a commissioner or a commission painter, uh, you guys aren't really able to go back and make corrections after you've played. So I completely understand the whole, you have to have quality over speed. There's yeah, no 100%. redos or going back over. Let's finish half the commission now, and then you guys can bring it up to above tabletop quality later. Is that ever yeah. a thing? Um, not. So it's that's an interesting one. So we've 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 always painted all well, our painting levels. So bronze, silver, gold, platinum. They've been they've been they've been around obviously for ten years or so, and um and we we don't we we never really sort of done, had like, had like a, a what I mean like a tournament kind of like level if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, we launched a new part of the brand about seven months ago called warrior workshop which is our sort of like a tabletop alternative so it's but it's not stylistically it's not like uh it's not like um bronze silver and gold and platinum it's more like a they're, they're more like a box art style so like heavy metal style uh thing oh, okay whereas, gotcha. whereas warrior is is like more of an airbrushed um more of an airbrush style if that makes sense yes yeah so um so so we've 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 offered that for nearly a year i'd say um but what i would say is that we, we don't really do sort of half half we wouldn't do like just the base coating and then send you it we we, we have to do the full process of the right, project right. if you follow okay me. So, so let me rephrase it then with your model um if i had a bronze commission done could i go back yes. and get it upgraded to a gold later on um uh, no it's not that's not right because really i, I feel like it. i mean well it sounds nice i mean sometimes when a model is finished it's it's finished and there are yeah, some yeah. steps that you will not be able to go back and 
redo again you know yeah exactly so. yeah yeah i think also the thing is is when, when you're painting something and you're in that you're in that moment of painting it your mindset and your approach to it is a certain way um so to kind of pause that for a period of time and then and come then back, back to it, it. You're, you're you're not going to come back to it obviously you're going to come back to it with the same intention to deliver what you what you want to do but however you're never going to be in the same position whereby um whereby you you can add to it with exactly the same way of execution does that make sense like, yes absolutely like, yeah. yeah so so yeah and i mean who know, it may not even be the same artist who would potentially get that project right yeah yeah, yeah. It, i mean we've got we've got over 70 painters that work for the business now so Good it's, Lord. It's, um, well, i didn't i mean i looked at your about us on on the website but yeah. I didn't realize it was seventy employees. Good lord, man! Yeah, so there's, wow. there's seventy there's seventy there's seventy painters in the painting in the various painting teams. We've got obviously the the custom service team, which is a team of five uh, sort of people who convert and hand sculpt, and then we've got um, we've got our senior team, which is obviously just all the uh, team members that have either won painting competitions like Golden Demon or, or other painting competitions. Um, we've got our, our, our core team of painters that have been obviously work on all variation different projects at the siege level, so bronze, silver, gold. Uh, Etc. And then obviously we've got Warrior Workshop, which has its own team as well. So there's 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 okay. in the business there's, there's actually four teams that are in the company. So so yeah. Wow, man, that's insane. I had no idea you guys were that big. That's outstanding. <laughs> Thank you wow. very much. It's been a it's been a long 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 ten years. <laughs> yeah. Do um, you guys? Uh, sorry, well, uh, do you no, guys go like ahead. say a commission comes in and one guy's like, I love play, I love painting world eaters or whoever is it yeah, yeah. or is it randomly assigned or is it just kind of you know one guy will step up um we yeah look we, we always try to if we know someone like like if it was me for example anyone who knows me well knows that i'm like the number one blood angel super fanboy on the planet so if it was a blood if it was a, if it was a if it was a if it was a blood angel if it was a blood angel's job i'd always we'd always try we always try to give it to a team member who obviously is going to be super passionate about what they're right. doing if that makes yeah. sense yeah. um however it, sometimes that doesn't always line up if you get me and um and 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 yeah it just it doesn't always line up that way but we, we always try to do that so so yeah but it's a very good question hey folks jesse here i'm currently away from the action for a bit but in the meantime i can still take care of the housekeeping if you enjoy our program be sure to follow our facebook and instagram pages at r30k podcast you can become a member of our discord community by following the link in our show notes you can subscribe and leave a rating on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to share our program with your friends as well. If you'd like to further support our show, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast and choose a tier that's right for you. We greatly appreciate your support. This month, we like to support our patrons, starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Captain Sasquatch, Chap Lanisar, Chris Mack, Garner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, Nick Quenga, Rios Nice, Rena the Floof, Sar Luther, and Variance Hammer. Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Dave Jones, Doug Hobbs, Duncan, Corcrow, Hard Fries, Kyle, Life Subaquatic, M. Tanzer, Manny Cutlockus, Matthew Andresio, Nick Hilda, Richard Bork, Scott LeMay, The Zoy, and Winter. And finally, our Legion Sergeants, Agrippina, Aircraft Terrier, Bulfarius, Dale Jones, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Jay DeSales, John, Jonathan Crane, Carl, Kayshell, Noah Atkins, at Fulsadox Monstrosa, and Travis Smith. 
Once again, thank you all for your support. And you can go over to patreon.com forward slash podcast to become a member today. And now a word from our sponsor, GoblinsHut.com. Goblins Hut is a distributor for the Dirty Down Effects paint line and other hobby products in North America. Dirty Down liquid effects and aging sprays have been used by prop masters in TV and film for over 30 years to create incredibly realistic looking effects in a fast, reliable way. They can be spotted in some of your favorite media such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and Alien just to name a few. That precision has now been brought to the miniature realm and they are taking the hobby by storm. In the Dirty Down paint line you'll find rust, moss, and vertigris effects unlike anything else on the market. With a good shake of the bottle, a single wash creates the combined effects of multiple other paints and even provides subtle texture. Dirty Down's entire line is water-soluble, so you can achieve a wide variety of effects while allowing you to rework, remove, or layer to your heart's content to achieve the perfect weathered look. With this capability, the line is perfect for speed painting while also having the depth of use for competition pieces. If you'd like to buy Dirty Down at a shop near you, ask your friendly local game store to go to goblinshunt.com for info on stocking the Dirty Down liquid effects line. You can also purchase Dirty Down directly there as well. And right now, all listeners of the Remembrancers Retreat can get 5% off their order from goblinshut.com with our promo code RR30K. And if you're a patron of our podcast, you will gain an additional 10% for a total of 15% off your order. That's goblinshut.com. Use promo code RR30K. Okay, here's a question. I'm going to break from the list real quick because this is one that I personally have, okay? (laughs) Sure thing. How do you get through painting projects you begrudgingly took? Okay, maybe that's the, <laughs> there's no, sometimes no, no, I get what, I get what where saying. initially I have taken c- commissions and I've been super excited to start them, but then yep. they grow in scope and it becomes untenable at that point to try to keep up with the with the project. I feel because then I'm pushing yeah. my own projects to the side and. Yeah, no, I understand, uh, and that, you're quite right. Look, um, burnout happens to everybody, whether you're whether you're a professional in the industry, as in like whether you do this as work or whether you do this as like a side thing to job, or whether even even when you're in painting, hobby burnout or painting burnout happens. So I completely understand exactly what you're saying. Um, what I would probably say is that um, managing them in phases so that you you cap it at a certain amount is something i definitely definitely advocate so that mm-hmm. you you know you 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 have an end point um but the other thing that i would definitely recommend is is um is ideally you'd within the commission you would have things that are kind of like bridge points so, so if you have like an army you'd use the characters to separate the sections that are more arduous. So like, for example, your, your, your infantry or your things like that. Oh yeah. Giving yourself a little bit of a break. Correct. To, yeah. It's yeah. As a, as a painter, you have to reward various areas of your, your attention. So your attention is a commodity, you know, and that's the one thing that you need to understand. It's something that you are uh, giving to the models and establishing on the models. So what I would definitely say is that um, something to, to definitely bear in mind is that like, this sounds very robotic when I say this and I'm like this is the only way I can explain it but you have to, uh, humans work best when there's reward for hard work or effort so mm-hmm. so having having painting 10 models painting 10 models and then painting a character or painting 20 models and then painting a character that character rewards you for the for the for the, the the hard work of painting the, the 10 or 15 or 20 models if that makes sense yeah absolutely so, so setting yourself realistic targets setting yourself something that motivates you to get on through the slog of the harder thing um the one thing i definitely would say is that um 
is that if you have a color scheme or something that maybe you're not 100 percent uh, into but you've got to deliver it the same quality the same attention to detail the same the same thing then i would have a personal project to the side that you reward yourself for getting through the bit that you're finding a bit arduous does that make sense yeah, so once absolutely you've, once you've, yeah uh, and that that is the best thing i could recommend for it it really does help yeah i i that is a good point i mean reward obviously works better than than punishment than saying like i'm Correct. not allowed to paint my stuff until this is done kind of thing yeah. right you've it's probably a bad idea lining. for me to do that at the time probably yeah. force myself to burn out a little faster by doing yeah i'd always i'd always advocate always 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 advocate um reward for hard work that's the thing you know you've got to do that fine balance that will always help you to to, to push yourself onwards you know always and that that yeah that it, it will work factually i can promise you that excellent um oh here's a good one all right we're going to continue on with the list from warsmith live i'd like to know about how they ensure their commissions are done in a timely manner and how do they make sure time is spent efficiently while painting i think you sort of answered that halfway with um, a little bit yeah yeah just by painting and painting in a very methodical kind of sequence mm -hmm. you know it's, it's right. something it's something like that i often say you know um, when people ask me this question is that like a good analogy or good explanation of what i mean is um if if car companies painted paint uh, made cars the way that most miniature painters paint miniatures, they'd be out of business. Um, and and the reason <laughs> reason for that is is in a car factory, the car goes down the production line and the doors will go on, or the wheels will go on, the seats will go on, the dashboard will go in. You know, they work in a very regimented production line manner that is efficient for time whilst making tangible increments of, of of completion down that production line if that makes sense um and that's one of the things that i definitely recommend for anyone listening to this or anyone that's looking to sort of be more efficient with their painting is to really look at their process and streamline it as much without sacrificing quality but streamline it so that your action is uh, effective across all the things that you are doing now obviously if you're painting a huge tyranid army and you've got 300 models i don't advocate base coating it the main color and then sitting there churning through 300 figures with black or yellow or with <laughs> oh, one. you know it's but oh. but but breaking it down into smaller phases that you can tackle and working that efficient method of, of painting is probably one of the things that I would recommend the most. Um, you know, that will give you the greatest, uh, that will give you the greatest growth uh, as a painter in, in, in completion. Um, you know, one thing you have to understand is that is, and I'm sure everybody, we, everyone will realize this when I say this, but because it's something that passes by without really any, any uh, uh you, you, it passes by without you realizing it or not so time is one of the most greatest commodities on earth and when you when you when you think of it that way the the time that you're spending painting that miniature in that moment you're you're not going to be able to do that again that time has passed so within that moment being as efficient as possible with your color layering with the choices of things that you do everything should be geared around maximizing quality whilst being as efficient with time as as, as anything if that makes sense yeah absolutely um, that's that's what we try and sort of teach and that's what we try and train that is some good stuff to live by man it, it really is i mean just i know once I have, I, I for my Mechanicum, I know I keep talking about them, but that is a paint scheme I feel like I have streamlined over the past, what, Jared, when did I start Iron Hands? Probably oh, seven years ago? 2015. Yeah, yeah, 2015, right. So I feel like now, and it's been pretty much the same scheme the whole time, so I've got it down to a rhythm, 
Um, but yeah, I feel like once you get it down to a rhythm, for example, I did the Astardes, I did some Ultramarines, took a yeah. little bit on the first squad, but now that I got the rhythm, I feel like I'm able to push them out a lot faster. Um, yeah, so as yeah. you said also, you know, repetition, that is... Uh, the key to improvement there. Yeah. The other the other thing just to touch upon that and just to throw in something extra is, is like um I appreciate obviously we live in a digital age, but but what I would definitely say is that if you don't have uh, a physical painting journal, something to write down your colours, something to write to, to paint physical swatches of colour onto your journal, um that that will help you massively because um you can write notes on your phone or on a laptop or iPad or whatever the case may be, but you can't paint the screen with a color swatch and it's not going to stay there for eternity, you know? Right. I mean, um, you could, but you'll ruin the you, screen. Yeah. You, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really ad advocate that. Yeah. But, yeah. but, um, but what I, what I would definitely say is that like having a painting journal is going to make you, uh, have something that you can go back to time and time again. Um, and, uh, and essentially, be able to look at mixes that you've made, look at notations that you've made, look at pages where you've planned a project. And I'd always say use a page to plan a project, write down the colors you've used, write down the order that you've painted them in, write down all those things. Something physical and tangible like that is gonna make a, is gonna make a massive difference to your painting in general, basically. So it's, that's why I definitely advocate. Yeah, the whole, the, the mixing part is really important there, right? Yeah. There are plenty yeah. of times where I'm on the wet palette and I just, I I feel the Holy Spirit in me and I just start painting and mixing colors and uh, then I have no idea what ratio I'm at or, or like I, I yeah. couldn't replicate it because I was moving too fast, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Um, but that's what I definitely recommend is like, you know, get a painting journal. A really good fine art book is great because the pages absorb acrylic, acrylic paint really well. Mm -hmm. um, you can use like a note, you can use like a normal notepad or something like that. But the problem with that is that the paint sometimes lifts and cracks off of it. So, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So, so just be, be conscious of that. Excellent. Good advice. I'm definitely going to look into that. Yeah. Um, Zach. Ask which hobby product do you wish existed but doesn't, or perhaps it does and seems cool, but is a letdown. So that's kind of two. Let's let's do the first one that you wish existed but doesn't, and then we'll do the it does exist and is a letdown. Yeah. So I would probably say um, a wet palette that doesn't dry out is a, is, is something that I wish Ooh, that you could. My that man. You could, yeah. That you could, that, that you could just purchase over the counter um they are, they do exist you can make them um uh and i'm actually doing sorry to put a bit of a plug but i'm actually doing a video on this as a, as a that i'm going to put out recently is very soon um i've got a diy one that i've made myself um mm -hmm. that that lasts way longer than than any branded white palette on the market because of the way that it the way that it's set out if that makes sense yeah um so yeah so that's what I, that's something that i wish uh, i wish existed but you can't arguably purchase it over the counter but it is available because you can make it you know but um yes. I'll, I'll be doing a video i'll be doing a video on that very 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 soon so so yeah very good i mean so seriously if, if there was one out. Could, if there's one that could stay wet forever and never go moldy i i now personally i've never had one go moldy you know yeah. i try to keep it clean and you know rotate it out but i know some people are like hey my pad and i see it online all the time somebody on the hobby facebook page will be like what happened and it'll just be <laughs> mold all through the sponge and you're just like yikes yeah yeah but i i, I, I said I'm, I'm doing a video on it because it's something i'm very passionate about as a product mm -hmm. um and um and yeah i'll 
I, I can assure you for for like 10 bucks you'll be able to make yourself a pallet oh, which okay. will, will literally outlast anything exciting so, can you tell us kind of when that should be expected for us to keep an eye out very very soon within within the next couple of couple of months i'll probably say like one or two okay. months on our channel so yeah excellent okay um so now we'll do the second half which product does exist that you thought was going to be something special but ended up being a complete letdown um see i'm I, I i don't think there's really many tools or things out there that are i would say a letdown i think there's always a good job for a tool that's that's good for and there's stuff that is not good for like i was saying to you about paint where oh right absolutely paint, yeah i think um i think for me uh even even like with brushes and things like that when they reach a point where they're starting to fade and not be as good or have a holder point as well or whatever you can use them for other things like like dry brushing or or using putting pva onto a base or whatever right. the case may be like you know um I, I wouldn't say there's too many products which are terrible i i would just say that they're obviously that when you're when you're looking to buy products and looking to buy tools looking to buy things there's a variation of price points and manufacturers and brands and all that kind of stuff um if you're like, let's just take airbrushes for example. We're not sponsored or endorsed by any company at all whatsoever. Um, but I would advocate investing a bit more money and buying yourself something like a harder and steamback rather than buying like a cheap Chinese one off of eBay. Like um, having said that, if you've got a quick project that you need to turn around and you don't really care about the airbrush after you've used it on that project, spending fifteen bucks or twenty bucks on an airbrush off of Amazon or eBay is better than spending a hundred or two hundred dollars on 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 a harder and steam back and then right it, you know so and and I know, I know some people will end up using it as like an alternative priming method and that's really yeah, all they correct. use it for right because maybe they yeah, live yeah. in a location where they can't prime so yeah you know exactly um, then i think a 20 dollar one would be fine but exactly yeah yeah like i said i, I don't think it's not so and, much and you're absolutely right of I, I guess is right tool for the right job right because correct. i mean yeah, you yeah. can paint a model using apple acrylics that you bought at michael's yeah. right yeah of course you can yeah it doesn't mean you should i mean i don't know some people have limitations for finances but i mean obviously the right tool for the right job so i've never seen anybody with an apple paint model that i was like that's great quality <laughs> no yeah, yeah. no offense uh if yeah. you paint your stuff with apple acrylics um which paint or hobby product is critical to your workflow very good question um i think every painter should have like a top 10 paints um you know i think that that's a really important thing to have like the top 10 of paints that you really really like um mm -hmm. but they should never be a crutch or never be like just your instinctive go-to you should always, right to always, where your project yeah. is dead in the water if the color somehow does not exist anymore right Correct. Yeah, you should you should always look to always look to uh, you've got to see paint as like a library. That's the way I best the best way for me to explain it. If you went into a library and you had one book to read every day, you would be pretty bored, you know. Um, and if you had a certain color that you always use because that's the color that you've always always used, if that makes sense, I think uh, your painting stagnates and you don't get as much from it. If you follow me, so. Yes. A practice learning learning paint is like it, it broadening your library of, of knowledge of paint if that makes sense yeah you know? absolutely so, so i mean a red on games workshop is not going to be the same as a red in army painter they could both correct, be the yeah. same color tone but they yeah. are going to have vastly different properties and coverage and all correct yeah the finish property the coverage you know the, the how they dilute how they behave you know the, the way that the, the medium and pigment balances there's loads of, there's loads of things which do have a um a, a, a variation of of behavioral properties um 
And and I always say this, like a painter with natural ability or talent is all well and good, but a painter that's got an exemplary knowledge of paint and understanding of paint and behaviors and properties, I'd rather have the painter that has a massive, massive, it's almost like a language, has a, has a full understanding of that language rather than just sheer skill by using 20 paints, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a much better position to be in commanding a solid knowledge of paint. So, so yeah. That's excellent. Um, and I guess the best way to, to learn is just to go out there and buy paints and use them, right? On different Correct, projects. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. The, the, that is the absolute best, best way is to really start learning, um, learning paint as much as possible you know and, and i'd say like all manufacturers that that will teach you um what's a good paint what's a bad paint uh, and i say bad paint in loose terms it doesn't mean it's a rubbish paint it just means the job you're using it for probably isn't the best right. so warpstone glow from games workshop an amazing amazing literally an amazing green it's it's perfect perfect for glazing but if you tried to paint a solid green with it it would take you 20 layers or so you know it's it's it doesn't the fact that it doesn't layer very very solidly quickly doesn't mean it's a bad paint it just means it's not the best paint for layering green smoothly and efficiently quickly on a model but if you want to glaze glaze a green hue on a plasma coil or something like that it's the best it's the best color to do that with because it dilutes right. so well so never look at paint as if oh this is a rubbish paint just think what i'm using it for probably isn't the best task for that specific paint but if i'm going to do something else that requires it to be a certain way um, it's a great paint for that. And that's where that knowledge of paint and commanding that understanding of what the paint is good for and not good for is, is really important as a painter. That is excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, and I couldn't give any other advice as far as that. I mean, or need any other advice. I mean, just paint, man. That's all you got to do. That's how you're going to get better is just I, paint. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can watch all the YouTube videos you want, but until you actually get out there and get paint correct. on the yeah. brush yeah yeah um that is correct yeah so that that wraps up all of our listener questions amazing yeah well thank you for all those they've been great yeah um jared do you have any further questions sir i got a couple go for uh, it shoot what's your approach to contrast do you guys use that love much? it yeah, absolutely love them. I think there's a lot of stigma with them. I think people, uh, when they came out, they were marketed very well, as in like two things, uh, one thick coat, you know, they do the blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, the, the primer cans, the spray cans, so the gray, the white, and the bone, they're phenomenal. Like really, really go on smooth on miniatures. I think if you're looking like, like colors like yellow, white, cream, all those colors, if anyone is uh, of a certain vintage uh, in age, they'll, they'll remember Skull White as a spray can and how mm -hmm. it literally was like, talcum powder in a in a, in a can um you know the the, the aerosolized powder yeah yeah the new the new whites are the new white is phenomenal like the what brand new white scar white scar so it's called, oh is it white scar okay yeah it's phenomenal it's an amazing white spray can um but contrast in general uh very stigmatized i think um they they can be used by all levels of painters. Obviously, for for a brand new painter who's looking to just get their models painted really quickly to get them on the table, they're amazing. Yeah, um, I I use them for my daughter. She's eight, so I think yeah, she that's what she rocks is contrast. You know, it's 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 the best. Is they're they're phenomenal for teaching teaching the, the painting to 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 young painters or to people that maybe haven't painted miniatures before. Mm -hmm. um, 
at, at the high end they're great for using as tints and glazes like the, the 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 browns the sepias the tans the blacks they're really good for doing like grime and soot and dirt and rust and effects and streaks and things like that they're great um you can mix contrast into into normal acrylic paint and boost saturation of color as well which is also something that you can do with them really? um there, there's there's a there's a lot of things that they're, they're almost like they're almost like heavy inks basically um if you remember back in the day the old gw inks um the, yeah. The, yeah you know they're very they're like that but obviously a thicker in 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 consistency um you can do lots of things with them and i think that initially when they first came out yes they were marketed in a certain way which was very good for getting them out there um however uh i think once you play around with them and try them you realize that the scope of what can be executed with them is much greater than just putting one thick coat oh, yeah. on a miniature yeah know? absolutely um, you know um so i absolutely love them and i'd have and i and i i don't think that um i don't think that they should deserve the stigma that they have it's almost like the stigma that dry brushing has it's a phenomenal right. it's a phenomenal where technique where people basing. are like they, they put it down and like there are pro painters out there who win golden demons that have dry brushing done. It's a tool in the arsenal. I'm Why would you? hundred percent. Yeah. You, you probably, if you're entering, entering GED or you're entering like a, a serious painting competition, you probably wouldn't dry brush the whole miniature, but would you sit there and edge highlight 500 little bits of gravel that are on a base? Probably no. not, but would you dry brush <laughs> it? Yes, you probably would. You know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as, um, I wouldn't ever, again, I wouldn't ever think of something as, 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 as a negative. I just think like you, like you said, it's, it's a tool, a technique or a process is a tool for mm. a certain job and it's not good for other jobs, but it doesn't devalue or make that process or technique bad. You Absolutely know? Um, not. And you know, I, I, I am really loving the embrace of the, uh, slap chop technique that we've been seeing popularized recently. Oh, I mean, look, look, before we just called it, you know, pre-shading. Like yeah. and then you you would apply your contrast, but somebody came up with slap chop. That's a great word for it. Love it because yeah, yeah. it is pretty simple for novice painters to yeah, get yeah. decent playable models. A hundred percent. This is the thing. Like if you if you're trying to get an army on the table very quickly and you don't want to play just with gray models, slap chop, uh, overbrushing, or, or any of those names that it has, or any of those things, it's a phenomenal thing. Like putting an ink over a dry brushed uh, dry brush emulating like a zenithal highlight mm -hmm. it's a great way to get models on the table really quickly but if you're trying to paint something to the highest ability that you can it's probably not the best process to follow but if you're looking to get an army done very quickly and so it's it looks good on the table mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it at all whatsoever and i think yeah it, people very unfortunately you know in the, in the age that we're living in decisions on certain things are made very quickly sometimes by individuals and i think that you need to almost take a step back and think right well it would i use this for this well no because it's not to the quality that i want but if i'm doing this it's phenomenal for it you know so and i think that's just something that needs to be looked, just thought about a bit more maybe but sure yeah. sure you hear that internet that, yeah i hope I, I hope that answers that one for <laughs> contrast you. contrast rock we yeah. don't care what you think yeah. all right uh, um, um, uh, the slap chop thing i'm doing that with a fantasy with two fantasy armies uh, yeah, yeah. right now and it's yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal yeah. for that just getting models and, and out quickly exactly. I, yeah, yeah, I love exactly. it like you said when it is just for a game right I'm not going to sit there and I like Lord of the Rings the game but I don't play it enough to really invest in the painting for too yeah. long but I do need them painted to play exactly yeah so yeah yeah no, and, and you're quite and it said it's 
pick pick the pick the avenue that you need it for and if you're doing it if it's for a super high end maybe don't choose certain processes and techniques if you're doing it for getting the models on the table to game there's a whole host of ways of doing it that work extremely well and give you something you should be you can be very proud of to game with excellent um well we are approaching an hour so now it is yeah. our plug section so do you have we'll allow you this is your time to plug anything <laughs> and everything let everyone know how to get a hold of you and uh spam your emails with all kinds yeah. of commissions yeah we we, we 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 always try and push people to the, to just to the website because that has i say 99 percent of everything that you, you're going to need to know about what we do as a business um uh on there you have all of our painting levels you have all of our different services on the drop down on the services uh if you're interested in a bespoke one-off model there's a custom service drop down on there or a custom service uh, part on the services tab um we also do obviously teach as well. It's something that we do all over the all over, well, we do it all over the world with with online tuition. Um, but at the same time, we teach physical physical classes here in the UK. Uh, we have a, we have a Patreon, which everyone has a Patreon. We have one as well. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. use it. We use it as like an online online tuition platform. So oh, fantastic! We have we, yeah. have, we have loads of PDFs with visual audio and uh written uh steps so we don't just give you a photo we don't just give you uh written we also every team member that creates a pdf for the business also records audibly every single step so you get like a listen you listen through that from the painter's perspective as well um so we have that um but yeah like i said you can just find us and on obviously on on all socials if you just search siege studios you'll find us we're on everything even tiktok the new the new uh the oh new, no the way yeah yeah the new platform that everybody loves yeah um so, I, so, oh so, my yeah. god i can't get off it man there's just something about it it yeah, just knows the alg the algorithm knows me too well it's always yeah, showing me yeah. the, the nice flashy lights i like it's still exactly. your soul yeah 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 yeah, but Jared hates it because I send him TikToks constantly that are of usually <laughs> cats, probably more often. Mind-breakingly <laughs> stupid. They are so dumb. <laughs> they, they are so dumb. At least they're not dances or anything, man. Cut me no. some slack. No. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah so I that mean, is uh, Siege Studios. Dot. Let's get that user. That co. Dot uk. Dot co. Dot uk. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. We will also include that in the uh, show notes. Um. For listeners. Amazing. Thank you very um, much. Man, it's been great talking to you, James. It was really yeah. nice to meet you, man. Yeah. This was some very insightful information. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Jared. 